Hey guys, what's going on? Um, welcome back to the Create Me Podcast. Um, this is going to be episode 53. And this is the owner and creator of the Liberty Kitchen, Nikki Macaronos. Had a really cool chat with Nikki at the Nightmare Room Studio space. Loads of coverage on our chat. I hope you guys enjoy. I'll be back at the end for another little ramble. And yeah, see you soon. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Create Me Podcast. This is going to be, <clears throat> just going to clear my throat, a bit dry. Um, this is going to be episode 53 from the Anatomy Room Studio space and I'm with Nikki Macaronis. She is the owner and creator of Liberty Kitchen. How's it going, Nikki? I'm good, thank you. Good, How are thank, you? Good, good. Thank you for coming on no, the podcast and stuff. Me. Yeah, I, I met you briefly last year at the um, Etsy Christmas, mm-hmm. um, Christmas yeah. market. Yeah, I was going to say, I forgot the name of that. But so yeah. did I. Yeah. It was all a bit of a blur, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was. It was kind of like really busy and kind of manic. And I think you was probably really busy because you was at the back. And yeah. is, it, is it the old H&M unit? It yes. was there. And I remember having a hot chocolate. It was really nice. So. Yeah. yeah. It was keeping customers and vendors caffeinated yeah. for yeah. The, the three days. So. Um, three days it was three days three days and a night yeah three days and a night yeah but it was no it was all all good fun and yeah nikki um i guess you've listened if you've listened you've listened to the podcast you were saying before um so i'm gonna do that kind of annual thing i always do and just kind of get you to just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself Mm -hmm. yeah well i'm nikki um i am a a mom to two children a three-year-old and a nine-year-old um, and I am, well, a, an ex Grey's graduate, so I'm a creative person who fell into the oil industry mm-hmm. and was trapped there for many years. <laughs> um, finally found my creative side again, and so, yeah, last year, just a year past, set up the Liberty Kitchen. Cool. Um, and, yeah, I'm now a year in of working for myself, so it's it's good, all going well so far yeah and you, we were speaking off mic and you're saying that you graduated is it 2010 2001 2001 yeah. okay yeah. so that was a while a ago a long then. time ago now yeah and what did you kind of study at Grace? i studied textile design okay. so it was um i did a bit of knitting weaving and printmaking yeah um so a lot of screen printing that's mainly what i did but yeah. i just love anything textile Aye. um and I'm slowly getting back into that now that I've got a little bit more me time. Okay. <laughs> and would you say then, did you come from a kind of like creative family then? Yeah, my mum, although she wouldn't say it, she's very, very good at drawing. Right. So as far back as I remember, I can remember my mum doing these beautiful, very intricate watercolour mm-hmm. paintings. Um, one of which I have in my kitchen now. It's of a pepper. It's a really oh, okay. detailed pepper. It's beautiful. Oh. So I think that was a big inspiration for yeah. me. My granda was a knitter, which oh, was yeah. quite unusual Yeah. yeah. Um, at that time. So I do remember always seeing him knitting. Right. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's in the family. Okay. My dad's creative in other ways. Mm. He's retired now, so he does a lot of wood turning. Oh, right. So he's a bit more of the, I, I don't know, a bit more hands-on kind yeah. of wood stuff. Right. Whereas mum does the, the painting. And yeah. she's also, since she's retired, got back into painting. Oh, so okay, cool. I suppose we're a creative family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of like pausing your tracks there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so when you was um, you graduated in two thousand one at Grays, and then did you kind of then like after you graduated, did you try and set up a, a kind of a career in textiles and stuff? Yeah, right. I, that's what I wanted. Right. Um, initially, when I was at school, um, I suppose I was always. A distracted child. Okay. That was all the school report every year said. Right. She's she gets easily distracted. She's very creative, but I didn't have any interest in anything else other than art. Okay. So I spent all my time in the art department mm-hmm. when I could. Right. Um unfortunately I failed my English, mm-hmm. which I was then told that I wouldn't be able to apply for Grease. So I applied for a sort of an in course through Aberdeen College, mm-hmm. which I got into. Um, I remember going to Germany that summer on an exchange visit and getting a frantic call from my art teacher, who I just loved, to say Nikki Grays have said that if you can submit a portfolio, um, and I think I had to write a small report that they're going to reconsider your application because they were so impressed with my work. Oh, that's nice. So it was extremely rare for that to happen, but I was then offered a place. Um, and actually it just goes to show when you follow your passion you c- so my English I'd failed at school mm. when I went to Grays and did my dissertation it was put into the library as an example oh like, okay yeah yeah because I, I went to RG and I did social work and I never got my dissertation as an example anyway but I was kind of very impressed when people managed to get that yeah done, you know? well for yeah. somebody that failed English it's just I just didn't have the interest but yeah. when I was writing about something that I was so passionate about mm-hmm. it obviously it, it came, came through. through oh that's really cool so yeah so Going back before that, I had wanted to study architecture. Again, I didn't have the grades, and when I went to Grays to view it, I just I fell in love with that. Mm. So that's where I ended up. Very lucky to have got that place. Yeah. Worked really hard, got a really good um, degree at the end of it, and wanted to go into fashion and textiles. Um, rightly or wrongly, I worked really hard for a year to save up to go to Australia. Right. Um, so on the way to Australia I spent quite a lot of time a bit too long maybe in Thailand <laughs> um, spent all our savings yeah. it was me and my friend from yeah. uni and so when we got to Australia we went straight into work so we oh. worked our way around Australia okay. for a year bought ourselves an old car and mm. drove around most of it cool. so it was great fun um, came back to reality with a bump having spent all our savings mm. And I was really lucky to be offered a job um, with a friend in a sh- for a shipping company. Right. So I took that. It was never my intention to stay because I wanted to be creative. It was like a short stop in your mind, yeah. Yeah, but I ended up there for a few years. Um, and then I was offered a job with Baker Hughes, which, again, I took. And I was really lucky to have that given my, you know, the it wasn't an oil background that I had. yeah. yeah. And I ended up there seven years. 
I felt like every inch of creativity was just seeping away. Sapped, <laughs> yeah. yeah, every day it mm. just got less and less. And throughout working there, I always came home and did crafts in okay. the evening. I tried to hold on to it, but eventually, I think I just lost it. Um, so after seven years at Baker, by this point, I had a little my little boy, yeah. um, and was married. We. My husband was offered a job in Houston. Oh, Houston, Texas. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we moved over to Houston. We were there for three and a half years. Right. And that's when I really found that I had time to start making things again. Okay. So I just used to make everything daily. <laughs> right. Um, I got back into crochet. I always think it sounds a bit sad, but I just love to crochet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and when I got found myself in Houston with no friends, I didn't know anyone, I had my hook in my wool and I just felt quite safe. Um, so that kind of got me. Sorry, no, sorry. Like, I just watch you, but it sounds like two kind of extremes from working in the oil industry and being like a bit of a kind of state of a mom and just creating again. I know, yeah. it, and it was brilliant. I felt like I'd kind of found who I was again. Um, and it was really nice because given that I'd just moved there and I didn't know anyone, I could just take myself to a coffee shop. And because I had my crochet hook and my wool, I just felt like I wasn't. You know, I had something to do. Yeah. It wasn't on my own. And it's amazing the amount of people that would come and sit down next to me and just say, what are you doing? And, How do you do that? And yeah. I taught a few people while I was there oh, how to cool. crochet. Cool. <laughs> and I would have these pieces that I didn't really know what I was making, but I was just, just quite happy to be yeah. making. Oh, that's yeah. cool. um, so so I, what happened then after, kind of like, was that three years? And three and a half years. Half years yeah, right? so we stayed longer than we'd planned. Right. Um, unfortunately, my marriage broke down in Houston. Um, we had I had my daughter over there, yeah. so we have our little American child. <laughs> um, but the marriage broke down, yeah. um, and I ended up moving home. Mm. So we've been home almost three years ago. Okay. But from that, I would say I'm always very positive person, mm. and I take the positive out of any situation. So from that, the Liberty Kitchen was was born oh, really, yeah. um, and I've I never really told that story before. Okay. Um, so how did that idea for a Liberty Kitchen come about then? I think being in Houston and spending a lot of time in Austin, where it, the food trucks are just it's, it's huge a big thing over in America, there, isn't yeah. It? yeah, and they do it really well, yeah. but it's definitely more on the unhealthy side. Yeah. So I tried so many food trucks over there and I always thought there was something missing, like it could be done healthier. Another thing, when I was in Houston, I'd really started to research food. I've always been interested in eating well and looking after myself, but over there they everything's covered in pesticides and all their meats pumped full of hormones and chicken breasts the size of your head (laughs) honestly it was disgusting because they inject them with things so I started to read a lot maybe a bit too much about food and really spend time researching what we should be eating Mm -hmm. and um, it's over there that I turned vegetarian, right. mainly just because of the meat. So yeah. it was for health reasons okay. more than anything. 
forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> no, just, just about how the um, Libby kitchen got started. Oh, yeah. So I think it's kind of like this reflecting on, you know, the kind of the food culture out there in Austin. Yeah. It wasn't the, probably the most healthiest. And then it's kind of good that, you know, you just kind of recognise, naturally, I want to, I like a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, actually putting, putting in the food, actually the healthy food yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so it's eye-opening. Okay, yeah. I can imagine so as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the trucks over there, they're all very quirky. It's yeah. not your standard burger van. There's it's like a mix of different cultures and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. One of my favourite ones, they were called the Eatsy Boys. Right. And they were based outside the back of a brewery. Mm-hmm. Their truck was bright gold, shiny. <laughs> they had um, music blaring out of it. And it was just, they did it really, really well. Yeah, yeah. And when I knew that I was going to be moving home... I kind of saw it as an opportunity. Okay, I've got two choices. I can go back and be stuck again doing something that I don't enjoy or I can use this as an opportunity to start a new career. And that's what I did. So I did, I was very lucky. When I came home, um, it was right in the middle of all the oil payoffs. Oh, okay, so this is like, yeah, a good few years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was was the worst possible time to be looking for a job in the oil industry. And I feel really fortunate that I got one pretty quickly. Um, I stayed for a year to work to build up some finances Mm. to be able to buy the food truck and all the rest and get back into the way I I hadn't been working for three and a half years. Um... I met my, now one of my best friends while I was there who kept me going through it all and right. I bounced ideas about the food truck yeah. off of her. Um, my husband and I are still very good friends, so my ex-husband. Yeah. So we, he sort of helped me with the business plan. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, and I just decided that's what I was going to do. Right. Put my passion... And some of the, you know, I suppose the emotions that I had at the time turned it into something that was going to be positive. And really, that was my saviour, I think, to have something to really focus on. Yeah, I think um, why I like speaking to people like yourself, like independent business owners, I think it's kind of good for people who are listening and thinking about starting a business you know, a lot of kind of the conversations I have for independent business owners is that it's not an easy thing no. to go about doing. It's and, not. you know, everyone possibly who might be listening to this might be thinking about the kind of financial risks or implications and stuff. Yeah. And for you, how did you kind of balance that from being a mother, raising children and then having a business and then thinking, okay, I've got to put this, this certain amount of money into this. Mm-hmm. Did, how did you kind of kind of weigh that and balance that? Yeah, um, I suppose for me, one of the main things mm-hmm. around setting up a business was that it would work around my children. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky that I've got a lot of family support from my parents who are now both retired. Yeah. So childcare is really, really expensive, mm. as you'll come to find out Yeah, I'm getting a few enough. hints of that already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and often for, it's unfortunate for mothers, um, you're working to pay your childcare. Yeah. And so I decided, okay, if I take childcare out of the equation and look at weekend work mm. and help from the parents, then 
you know, it, it balances itself out yeah, really yeah. quite well. Um, and the financial side, well, there was just no way that I was going to let it fail, you know. I didn't even consider for a second yeah. that it was going to be a risk. I, just, I always try and think positively. Yeah. So. And when was your first kind of gig? When What was the first event that you kind of set up for? Uh, well, it was Aberdeen Beach, so I've got a licence. Yeah. So I'm based down on the beachfront next to the windows to the sea. Okay. I have yeah. a licence that covers Thursday to Sunday, although yeah. I only use the weekend part at the oh. minute while the kids are young. Yeah. Um, I was really lucky to have met Laura Bremner from Juniper Press. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd seen a lot of her work on Instagram and it just fitted so well with what my vision of the truck would be. Mm-hmm. We met for a coffee, instantly connected, yeah. had the same vision. Mm-hmm. And Laura went on to do work on the graphics and all yeah. the uh, branding for the Liberty Kitchen. I think Laura had been in touch with Michelle Russell who organised North Hop and within two weeks maybe of trading at the beach I was asked if I wanted to do North Hop Festival. That's really cool. (laughs) So maybe in May I didn't think about it too much Mm -hmm. which is good probably and I just said yeah I'll do it. (laughs) Can't remember how many people we had over the weekend but it was a few thousand. so my very first big event was a big one. Yeah. Um, prior to that, the first week at the beach, the first bit of the day went really well. Right. Then the generators ran out of fuel. Oh, okay. And the right. coffee machine gave up. <laughs> so <laughs> we were very busy all day yeah. and unfortunately it came to the end of the day. And it, But looking right. back now, it was... A really good day given that it was the very first day of trading and I knew nothing about how this all worked. Because you use, it is an old horse box. It's an old horse Horse box, box. yeah. Yeah. And then I guess you got people like to kind of convert and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so it was converted down south, way down in Portsmouth. Mm. Um, Thankfully my lovely dad drove it back up the road for me, we did a road trip. It was high winds so it was very scary. (laughs) It's rocking back and forth on the highway, yeah. Remember coming over the Perth Bridge mm. and just thinking we were going to go over the side. Oh, it was God. horrific. <laughs> <laughs> so any time I take on an event that's a bit too far away, I remember that journey and oh, I think, mm, no, maybe it's not a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, I, I basically had to research generators I know more about generators than I ever would have wanted to know (laughs) Um, coffee machines you know which grinder to put in and there was a lot of research to be done and I'm just really glad that it it all worked yeah there's not been anything to date that I've said oh that could have maybe some of the layout of the horse box could be a bit easier Mm -hmm. I could definitely do with a lot more power, but okay. um, I have to work within my sort of what I can Would lift you, yeah, and yeah. move around. So. And doing the North Hop, do you think you know? Do you do you think back actually that's probably the best thing for you to kind yeah. of get involved in? Definitely, do? I threw myself in at the deep end, mm-hmm. but it really got our name out there very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of our customers from North Hop are regular customers oh, that's now. Good. 
So it was just a good bit of exposure. Mm -hmm. um, but like we were saying earlier, I turned up to North Hop, they opened the roller doors. <laughs> I had no idea how to reverse, and I still don't know how to reverse <laughs> the horse box. <laughs> So thankfully there was a really nice fellow vendor who drives a horse box and yeah. said I'll reverse it in. Right. So he did, backed it in and everybody, and this is a, this is a theme of all the events, everyone mucks in and helps each other. Okay. It's right. a really nice industry. Yeah. And um, you know, I'll make somebody their coffees, they'll mm -hmm. bring me something to eat yeah. and we've just got a really nice mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. Anytime you need help, you know, jump into that other one and yeah. give them a hand. It's I think the whole kind of like, you know, the food truck, food cart thing, like you touched on before as well, is definitely a big thing in America. I've seen it more in London now as well, like bar yeah. market and stuff, you know. I think in like Scotland, do you think it's kind of like a new-ish kind of kind I of think thing we're happening? just, yeah, we're a bit, with a lot of things, I think it takes a bit longer yeah. to filter through to us. Normally it's in London quite a bit before it yeah. comes through here. Mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely, there's more and more trucks appearing. Mm -hmm. You can see it at the events. Yeah. But I would say it's still a relatively small community. Yeah, yeah. But it's a lovely one to be okay. a part of. Yeah, because you was at Inspired Nights at the Green I was, well, so yeah. 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 How did you find did that? Did a couple of them. Really good. That was right. probably one of my favourite events okay. of last year. Right. It was very laid back and yeah. just a nice atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully there'll be more of them this year. Yeah. Um, and like, do you kind of when you you know when you're setting up Liberty Kitchen last year, did you kind of have like a five year kind of business plan to what yeah. you wanted to do? Yeah, right. I I did, and I still do. Mm -hmm. Um, the ideal thing for this to grow um, to grow into would be a, a coffee shop with a creative space right. somewhere that um you know it's open to everybody mm -hmm. i'd like to have outbuildings you know sheds for people to come and work in yeah. and just a general creative area yeah. maybe a space for some fitness classes mm -hmm. That's a dream. Okay. Out in the countryside somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with nice views. Yeah. And do you still like, obviously I know you're very busy with the Liberty Kitchen, do you still actually create for yourself at the moment? Um, I do, in terms of craft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. I've, um, I've recently, I started a little project at Christmas, which was just, I don't know if you know Molly Makes magazine. No, no. Um, it's a craft magazine okay. and there's small projects Aye. in with it. So it was a very small weaving, which I thoroughly enjoyed doing. Yeah. So I've done a few more of those. Um, I've, I've taught myself a wee bit of the macrame. So okay. I'm working on some plant hangers mm. just now for the house. Everything is just for, that I make is for me and yeah. friends. Um, most Christmases... My friends and I were friends from school yeah. and we all went to art school together right. and so we make each other gifts okay. at Christmas and I think that's lovely, yeah. it's so special. Yeah. So I do find the time when I can okay. to make, to crochet and yeah. to, to sew, I like to sew, just a bit of everything. Do you think you'll probably at one point maybe start putting that out there on social media? I don't think so. Okay. Right. I, th I think if I felt the pressure to make things, right. it changes. It changes. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, and, and my creativity now, I suppose, comes out in my food and yeah. cooking. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. in summer when you can use lots of colours and flowers and yeah. things like yeah. that. And it is like this more, mostly vegetarian, isn't it, based? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's yeah. vegetarian, yeah. Um, going towards vegan, really. Okay. Right. Um, everything now that I sell is vegan apart from my brownies I just haven't managed to nail the recipe yet but I'm trying and that's for various reasons a lot of a lot more people than I could have ever imagined have food intolerances of different kinds so by having a vegan menu with gluten-free cakes it kind of makes it more accessible to everybody so and I use milk as well but again it's almost 50-50 now with okay. the plant-based oatly yeah, that yeah, we use. Right. So things are definitely changing. Mm-hmm. When I told people I was starting a vegetarian food truck, they just thought I was crazy. No, you need to have some meat. <laughs> and I said, no, but that's not what I, I'm passionate about. Yeah. And it was the best thing I did okay. because that's why I'm fairly unique is because it's it's yeah. veggie and vegan and it's healthy. Mm-hmm. But what would your advice be for someone listening and they kind of like wanted to kind of start their own business kind of similar on the lines of what you're doing what would your advice be to those those people lots and lots of research Mm -hmm. um i suppose for me it was a year of working full-time and researching on the side um and and building up the advice that I, I was given was work as long as you can with yeah. your job and have that on the side. Okay. I think for me, having children, a full-time job and that was too much. Yeah. I did It did overlap for a few weeks, but it was too much and I felt like I couldn't focus my attention on either fully. Yeah. So I had to give up the day job. Um, and I'm glad I did, but to have something to financially support the business so yeah. you're getting you're starting off on a on the right foot I think is a good idea mm-hmm. and business gateway in Aberdeen oh yeah they're really good yeah. have been amazing yeah. for me yeah so it's definitely worth getting in touch going on some of their courses yeah um I still work with them to this day they've mm-hmm. just put me through I'm just applying now for a business boost program okay um, so I completed their, um, I can't remember the name of the first part of it now, but it's a new business growth and then now on to the business boost. Okay, so cool. they're really, really helpful. Yeah. They'll identify your strengths and your weaknesses mm-hmm. and then they'll put you through courses to strengthen your weaknesses. So. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so, so hopefully, yeah, I've been involved with them with Big Up Dean stuff and I find them really helpful. They are. And really useful. And Nikki, what else is planned for you for the rest of this year? Well, I guess we're going into that spring, summer kind of period soon. Yeah, well, yet to get down to the beach because of the weather. Yeah. Um, but I've got the tail end of last year, I started working with Seafine, our local food bank. Oh, Seafine are amazing. They're great. Yeah, just because they're very much, um, they work to drop off food. And yeah. so we kind of can actually bag up little parcels for families and then yeah. we work with and stuff. It's amazing yeah. what they do. And as soon as I walked through the doors and saw what they were doing, I knew I wanted to have some involvement. So there's some voluntary cooking classes and also we're running some private cooking classes, which um, all benefit the 
the food bank at the yeah. all the profits go back in. Yeah. I buy my fruit and veg the majority now from, from them as well. Yeah. So it's just doing what I can to put back into the community. Absolutely, yeah. I felt like that at the Etsy. Felt like you know local people supporting local independent businesses. You really feel it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it was amazing. I think they had like. I think it was like 13,000 people through the I door. So. That's yeah. amazing, you know? So, yeah. I think Aberdeen local people, given what's happened with the oil industry, people are so keen to support these yeah. small businesses. Yeah, definitely. And to see what's been born out of the oil collapse mm-hmm. um, with all these creative people, or I suppose people like me that were kind of stuck in yeah. a rut. I've all started to branch out and, and yeah. take these chances. So that's yeah. one good thing that did come out of it. No, definitely. And you know, um you're on yeah, you're on social media as well. Mm-hmm. So where can the listeners find you on social media? Um the Liberty Kitchen on Facebook and on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. it for the moment. I'm okay. not um, yeah, you don't get a website yet. No, not yet. That'll come. <laughs> um Although I'm creative, I'm not good at the techie stuff. Okay. It's right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to get someone. I've asked my nine-year-old <laughs> to do something. <laughs> do you get constantly frustrated with the phone and then your yeah. nine-year-old's go do 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 Hand it over yeah. and he, he fixes right. it. So nice that's one. a sign that I'm getting old. <laughs> Well, Nikki, thank you for coming on the podcast, you know, and definitely come back on for a chat, you know, love to yeah. kind of catch up with you, thank you, you know, and see how you're getting on with your business, yeah, but that was episode 53, I was kind of a bit amazed by how many episodes I'm kind of doing just now, but it's yeah. It's brilliant, I know every time I look there's another one popping <laughs> yeah. up on Facebook. I hope we get as much chats in before I get onto nappy duty, so. Yeah, you know, you're but, not going to have so much time. <laughs> yeah, but it's all good, and yeah, thanks again, Nikki, for coming on and do the podcast to make episode 53. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we will catch up with you soon on episode 54. Alright, take care for now. Hey guys, back again for some time, but not a long time. I won't bore you too much with my chat. But yeah, I definitely want to thank Nikki Macaronos for coming on the podcast and sharing her story with us, and also about the journey of Liberty Kitchen. You know, it's really cool to see like an independent business owner based in Aberdeen doing really well in the first year of their business and also kind of creating a low customer base as well. So thanks again, Nikki, for coming on the podcast and, you know, sharing your story. Much appreciated. And yeah, moving forward, that's me. I'm on a break now. Um, Yeah, I'll be embracing fatherhood, sleepless nights and changing loads of dirty nappies. But it's all good. You know, I think, you know, the podcast is going to be in good hands um, with the Create Me podcast takeover with Gary Kemp Joe Muir and Emily Utter. I really appreciate the guys kind of taking over um, the podcast for me while I'm on, like, you know, um, Daddy Duty. And I think, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing their episodes. But I'll still be involved in some capacity behind the scenes. I'll still be editing their episodes and uploading them from all the social media accounts. So, yeah, I think, you know, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, actually hearing different perspectives on, like, creativity in Aberdeen, you know, um, so I hope you guys enjoy those episodes when they come out. And yeah, for me, you know, I think, you know, it's been really cool that you guys, you know, still, you know, big up the podcast and all the shout outs and all those messages of support. I really, really do appreciate it. But yeah, guys, man, I hope you, you know, enjoy those chats when they come up and I'll see you when I see you. Bye for now.